Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jordan Clarkson is a free agent, and as you know, he was extremely key uh, to the Jazz having success last year, and his role off the bench was, was desperately needed. How hard do you think it's going to be for the Jazz to retain him? How painful will that be? If they're serious about keeping him, then I, I feel like $13, $14, 15000000 million a year in that range is reasonable. Uh, he, he'd be taking... Uh, that's that's not bad money right now. I don't know where his mind is and what he wants to do. But to me, I feel like $15 million a year is about right to make sure he doesn't leave and, and take a short-term deal in free agency. All right, Gordon, the NBA madness is away. Of course, uh, we talked a lot yesterday about the, the Chris Paul deal. There's a variety of things that have happened today. Uh, let's start with this because this is the, the biggest deal for the, the landscape of the NBA. Uh, the Bucks. Make a move to uh, impress uh, Giannis as he's considering a contract extension. Uh, they acquired Drew Holiday and uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, so yes. Drew coming from uh, New Orleans, obviously. Uh, the King, uh, Bogdanovich coming from the Kings. And what they really gave up, uh, there's some other details to this deal, but uh, essentially Milwaukee is sending New Orleans a package that includes Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and three. First round draft picks, uh, one in uh, 2020, 2025, and 2027. Boy, that's a lot of draft picks. But, uh, but that you know, I mean, I like what the Bucks have done there. But they better, they better capitalize on it now because uh, their draft future does not look very bright. I, you know, evaluating these things, Gordon, I often don't like to get into winners and losers because rarely is it that cut and dry. And actually, unless your name's Danny Ainge, you're not actually trying to screw over uh, who you're making a trade with. Um, (laughs) So I I, the question I ask for New Orleans is, does Eric Bledsoe and George Hill keep them playoff contenders? Because Drew Holiday is certainly the better player. Yes. Uh, at, at this point in the combination of, of those two guys. And Milwaukee, mm-hmm. you know, they're going all in to keep Giannis. And yep. so they're they're going to overspend a little bit, but you can't really blame them. And they're getting one of the better two-way players in the NBA in, uh, in Holiday. And then you're getting somebody that can really shoot the ball in Bogdanovich. So this is going to make, uh, certainly in the short term, Milwaukee a better team. So... I, I can see this from, from both sides, certainly. And it does indicate, too, that New Orleans is still in the rebuild frame of mind and not in the we're really going to compete frame of mind. Well, I don't know what they're thinking or whether they have any subsequent deals in mind, but uh, I really like this for the Bucks. And if you have, if not the best, one of the best players in the NBA on your roster, you cannot afford to lose him. You cannot lose that guy. And, and you go to him and you say, okay, uh, in good faith here, what, what are you looking for? What, 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 what makes us attractive to you? And he tells you, and then you do pretty much what he says. And if he says, I need more help, then you get the man more help. And that's what they did. I like it. I like it for them. Because how many chances do you get like that? How often, if, if the Jazz had the best player in all of basketball, and he was coming up on free agency, you better believe they're going to do everything possible yeah. in order to hold on to that guy. And they and should. I, yeah, I like what the Bucks have done here. I think this uh, – uh, what would be bad is if, if he stiffs them anyway. 
and I don't know whether that is, is would be the case or not. But uh, they you must mean like like LeBron have... did to, like LeBron did to Cleveland twice? <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> they go kinda all like in that, to keep him, yeah. do anything they possibly yeah. can, and he still goes, "Meh, well, I'm going somewhere else." And then when he comes back, he says, "I'm doing it for the children." <laughs> Something like Come that. Yeah. Well, he, anyway, he gave him a uh, title though, so you gotta you gotta give him that. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's what the Bucks need to do. They need to win a title, and they need to give themselves the best chance to do that because how often does a franchise like the Bucks get the best player or one of the two or three best players in, the, in all in the world? You've got to hang on to that guy. You cannot lose him, and it looks like they're putting in the effort to do exactly that. Yeah, I, they're they're certainly the favorite in the East to me right now. And there's hey, there's a lot of cards to be played as you pointed out. But right. uh, there there's some other NBA tidbits uh, to get to, and and I want to save um, the Harden conversation uh, for uh, coming up on the other side. But here's my my favorite NBA news item of the day today. Gordon, you ready for this one? Yeah, Zach Lowe of ESPN. I think he's still with ESPN, uh, reporting Gordon Hayward and the Celtics are working to extend the deadline on Hayward to decide on his $34.2 million player option for the 2021 season from today at 5 to Thursday afternoon, league sources tell ESPN. So isn't that... Now, what the, does that mean? What, what he, does that indicate? He can't make up his mind. It's the most Hayward thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I suppose. I don't. I don't know. Or are they? Are mean, they just stalling? Are they stalling to work out some other arrangement? Well, I don't think he wants to be in Boston, though. So, I mean, I get. Yeah. I would get what you're saying if they're working on like kind of stretching the deal or doing an extension or something like that. But, I mean, all indications are that he doesn't necessarily want to be there anymore. And I get it because he's no longer. He really never was, you know, kind of the number one or number two option, and he's he's down the line a bit. The 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 team kind well, of weren't we uh, weren't we hearing from his camp that uh, there were all kinds of interested suitors? Uh, I don't know if I believe that or not. Well, I don't know that that could, you know, meet the thirty four point two mil he's owed for this year. But maybe you know maybe he's valuing a a long term deal and figures he can make it up on the back end, or maybe he just hates Boston right now so much he just wants out. I, I, you know, if a guy doesn't like where he is the first time and then he doesn't like where he, where he is for the second time, then what makes you think he's going to like where he's going for the third time? Well, you can throw the injury in there, of course, as the, as the ultimate caveat, you know, did the, the I team. Suppose. I suppose. I don't know. I, he's, know he's, he's, looking him... for some, he's looking for he's looking for something he can't find. Well, I mean, he was basically, you know, uh, out or recovering for a year and a half and you know the team kind of moved on without him so there's always that question mark like well is he you know as good as he once was and boston just doesn't use him that way you know if you can sell a team on that you know maybe you can uh, get yourself a pretty good deal but i just come back to the fact that he's he's not going to come close to 34.2 million and and what's going to be different this off season that won't be their next off season yeah and the teams with salary cap room all stink Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is for him. Uh, and I, I don't know what it is he's looking for. Is he looking for more opportunity to be the guy? But he doesn't want to be the guy. He wants to be the second guy. But where's he going to find that? I, you know, I don't know. We've heard so many reports about what Gordon Hayward wants. He wants to play for his 
his uh, college coach and, they, and so they can finish their unfinished business from the college days. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I don't know what this guy wants. Uh, he, I know that Utah wasn't good enough for him, and now Boston's not good enough for him. All right, Gordon, let's continue the NBA conversation because, man, I love offseason NBA. And, it, uh, of course, the news has, has been coming fast and furious already. Uh, draft going down tomorrow, and we're going to have a great uh, NBA draft show for you. Tim Lacombe is going to be in studio with me. Gordon, you're going to be a big part of it. The whole zone crew is going to be a big part of it. Uh, Coach Chiesa is going to jump on with us, and, uh, I mean, we're going to – we're going to have this thing uh, covered top to bottom for you. In fact, I, I just got off the phone with our guy, Tim Gordo, and he is currently elbow deep in film, and he is committed to watch every draft prospect. Oh, that, that's always good. So yeah, Tim's Tim, coming, Tim very, Tim's coming Tim's, prepared. Oh, he's always knowledgeable. And every year we've done this, uh, we've we, it's been very informative. I mean, I, I love doing that show. It's always uh, good to know everything that we learn. And uh, and everything that we can present to our listeners. It's kind of funny. I, I was telling Tim, you know, to look back on some of our draft shows. Some are uh, uneventful. Uh, some are uh, unexpected fireworks. I, I remember the the night the Jazz traded for George Hill, so they completely traded out of the draft, and they didn't have a second rounder. So it was like, well. Good show, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but people are pretty excited about that move. So, and, and, and I think jazz fans would love to see some more action, uh, if not something along those lines, uh, something that uh, they, can, they can feel like uh, the jazz are moving this thing forward. I've told you this, and I have not uh, admittedly heard or seen a lot of buzz ar- around the jazz trading their pick, but I could see that happening. That wouldn't surprise me this year. Is it the reason because the Jazz are for different reasons, but sort of the same reason? Like the Bucks, they want they want to take advantage of the stars that they have now. Yeah, I think they they want a player that can contribute. Yeah. And maybe there's that at 23. You know, maybe that's there. It usually isn't, but maybe that's there. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I think it has the potential to be a really uh, exciting night, though, uh, across the league. Um, Gordon, let's talk about uh, what happened kind of last night into today. Uh, James Harden was offered a contract extension by the Houston Rockets that would have made him uh, the first $50 million a year player. It was going to be a two-year and $103 million extension on top of the three years and $133 million he's already owed. So that would be uh, a lot of money, uh, certainly a lot of money uh, for James oh, Harden. Good. He turned it down and essentially uh, is is issued a trade demand and says, I want to go to Portland or, uh, excuse me, Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, Austin, I just got to ask Austin this question. How would it be to turn down $100 million for two years? How would it be? Yeah. I, th- I think the word is stupid. <laughs> the description I have for you. Asinine. Oh, man. Ridiculous. Well, he, he doesn't want to be in Houston, and he's already got a lot of money, and he's planning on making more. So uh, you know, maybe maybe the, a few extra million here or there really doesn't matter. I man. would literally do anything for a quarter of that money. You name it, I'll do it. <laughs> anything. Anything? Yep. What if uh, what if Jake and I said, okay, we'll give you that money, but you have to you you have to walk 
uh, around the world twice. Well, I don't know how I'll walk on water, but I'll give it a well, shot for that kind of deal. Well, you'd have to, like, go up and uh, jump ship in Tibet. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> and you'd have to, like, cross the Bering Sea or something. to get. I get the money uh, first, right? You'd be willing to do that, huh? Yep, if I get the money first, yeah, for sure. Well, what if you get the money second? Well, then I'm... That's stupid. Uh, you got to get it first. You might die walking the world twice. <laughs> Not might, you will. So you got to give me the money so I can pass it on to my wife and daughter. Uh, what do you think it is, uh, Jake, that is motivating James Harden to want to play in Brooklyn so badly? Well, I'm not so sure, you know, the destination is what I'm most interested in about this story. And we'll see if it happens. I don't, I don't you know, it, Brooklyn would have to give up a lot. I mean, just to make the salaries work, they'd have to give up a lot. Um, and there are there is some uh, reports out there that they are close to a deal. So, you know, maybe he ends up in Brooklyn. But uh, this owner, Gordon, I, I was thinking about this uh, this today. Tillman Fertitta, the, the owner of the Rockets, uh -huh. he bought the, yeah. the franchise, what, three, four years ago? Five, maybe? And uh, it, it, it reminds me a lot, and I know this is kind of a hot-button issue around here, but it reminds me a lot of what um, Deloitte Hansen did to RSL, where you've got this kind of – opinionated owner who's used to be in the the biggest ego in the room and comes in and you know whether it, it, it wasn't really immediate but uh, eventually it's just cleaning house to the point where james harden now is is saying nope i'm out well that's what i, I don't want your yeah. 50 million dollars a year no thank you uh in fact i want out of here now i mean i i wonder if houston's got some issues with a, an owner who's Learning how to be an NBA governor, you know what I mean? By the way, just yeah. past his third anniversary of owning the Rockets in October. Yeah, so first three years, and the, the GM's gone, the head coach is gone, and the star player is, is wanting out. Yeah, a couple of stars want out. So, yeah, I mean, that could be it. I don't know that for a fact, but I do know that some folks who see themselves as the smartest people in the room sometimes come in and, and start barking at everybody like that. And now there they is. May, they may be really smart in in one regard or another, but chances are, uh, expertise in the science of basketball might not uh, be uh, all that top notch. Now there's also theory B, Gordon. Are you ready okay. for theory B? Maybe this one uh -huh. holds a, a little bit more water for you. Okay, there is theory B that Daryl Morey, under the previous ownership, in an effort to mm, you know drive the price tag up on the franchise, really went all in on the moment, culminate, culminating in that Game 7 loss to the Golden State Warriors, Chris Paul's first year in Houston. That was the culmination of a variety of high-risk, high-cost moves, not all of which worked out, by the way, see Dwight Howard. So that at that moment, after that, Gordon, the team has slowly been chipped away. I mean, they've lost piece after piece after piece because, frankly, they they can't afford it. So they went, they, gave, from, they went they went for broke to drive up the uh, the value of the franchise, and then uh, and now the thing is sort of falling apart. And now Fratita inherits a um, a franchise that you know is a little strapped because they don't have very much uh, flexibility financially, and had to continue to jettison their players. Well, wouldn't have wouldn't he, wouldn't he have known that when he bought the club? 
<laughs> I doubt it. Uh, well, yeah, I don't. I I can't speak for him. I I don't know, but uh, those are my uh, theories. Houston, Houston seems to be a place that doesn't necessarily struggle to get players, but they're they're doing it a different way now with the with the changes in management and ownership, like you talked about. So it was done a certain way for a while, and now someone new comes in and shakes things up a little bit, and he wants it done a different way. And so maybe maybe they are in full rebuild mode. Well, trading for Chris Paul and then giving him that contract that you promised him before you traded for him was probably the beginning of the end. Well, they came awfully. They they uh, they should have. They should have beaten the Warriors. They should have beaten them, man. And if Chris Paul hadn't uh, had his issue uh, near the end of that game seven, I think they would have won that. That's just me. Ah, uh, it's always a convenient excuse. I'm not convinced of that at all. Wasn't it game six when uh, Chris Paul yeah. did his hamstring and missed game was seven? It? Yeah, yeah. What was it? Is that the way it was? I well, think they, so. Well, and well, then James Harden won. played the worst game won, of his season. Won. If they'd won six, they would have won it all. I mean, they would have moved on, right? So I'd bet on it. Yeah, I would. It, I, well, it didn't happen, though. I mean, it's easy but to it, say that. But, but it, all, way, all, all indicators were that it was going to happen. But they don't and have then, a ring on their finger, and then they didn't come close after that. Uh, they were still pretty good. They were still a threat, kind of. Right, kind of. And then they gave Chris Paul all that money, and then they had to say uh, goodbye to a bunch of players that were, were really key for them. And then they, they wanted to re-sign Clint Capella, so they had to say goodbye to even more players that they really liked. And, then, you know, they are what they are. Well, this is, this is sort of the, uh, the tale that is told in the NBA. If you, uh, if you pay a bunch of money to certain players, it better work for you, because if it doesn't, then it's going to fall apart. And Houston is a, is a storied franchise in the NBA. And it seems, to, like I said earlier, it seems to be a place players like to go or have at least in the past. And, and now look at them. They're on, they're on the doorstep of entering the cemetery. It's, the NBA is a wild place. You know, that's why I love the offseason. It is, it is something else. So what, what is the cautionary tale there as it uh, involves the team that most of our listeners care about, the Jazz? Should they go for it? Should they do something to try and take advantage of having, uh, you know, a couple of star players and strike now? They tried to do some stuff before last season, and uh, it was kind of uh, – it was, it was successful on some levels and not as successful on other levels, so – should they do something more? Should they high risk, high reward? And well, what can they do? And, well, and what know. other? I mean, you know, that's... there's a, a dozen other variables out there, including first and foremost, uh, how far apart are the Jazz and Rudy on his value to the team, and right. what they want but to then, pay him then, as far as what he wants to take? I mean, as, that that's the a... whole question that will determine how aggressive they are. Well, it, it, as Austin informed us before the show started, how. 
the interwebs were going berserk yesterday, weren't they, Austin, with uh, people asking what the Jazz were going to do because they see all this other action happening around the league and they want the Jazz to do something too. I mean, you saw typical emotions on social media that you'd see on a, a message board or anything when a team is either making a decision or not making a decision. There's a lot of emotions out on the sleeves on the social media profiles of fans, and that's what they do. That's what a fan does. But, yeah, they were yeah. – the, the majority I saw on Twitter was unrestful, if that's a word. Restless there. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> What? Uh, let me ask you this, Austin. Uh, what, what was the major complaint that they're not acquiring a major player? Because I, I know I love uh, you know ESPN trade machine worlds out there where yeah. it's like, hey, the Jazz can get James Harden, and they'd have to they just have to give up on Royce O'Neal and George Niang. And... Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it was it was mostly it was mostly the other teams were getting players that some of these fans have like been Drew lusting Holiday. after: Drew Holiday, yeah. Robert Covington. Uh, and the such, yeah. I don't think the Jazz uh, could actually give up three first-round draft picks for Drew Holiday. Man, listen, it was going to be real tough to outbid Milwaukee because they're desperate, like we talked about before. Yeah, yeah, that's a steep price to pay. It right. really is. You're mortgaging your future. So, you know, Justin Zanuck and Dennis Lindsay can't help Milwaukee's desperation that they're just going to give up the future because they're trying to keep, you know, arguably the league's best player. But if you're going to be really good for a, quite a while, then maybe those picks would lose some of their value. Uh, maybe. Uh, but, of course, flipping first-round picks is, is why you uh, acquire a glut of them. Live from the Dish Professionals, Colin, 801-424-DISH. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.